Hi, folks. Keith Jones for Front Row Knowles. We appreciate your listening to our podcasts and all the things that uh, go into what we do in terms of watching Florida State Athletics. But we would remind you that part of Florida State Athletics is certainly Seminole Boosters. Uh, athletics can't do what they do without the support of you and without the support of Seminole Boosters. So we encourage you, if you're not already a member, consider joining Seminole Boosters. If you are a member, consider increasing your participation. Without Seminole Boosters, Florida State Athletics is going to be run of the mill. With Seminole Boosters, Florida State can work their way towards elite. And oh, by the way, they're doing pretty good on the football field. They're doing pretty good on the pitch for soccer. Uh, and they're uh, getting ready to do good on both the men and women's side on the hardwood. Join Seminole Boosters, support Seminole Boosters, and continue to support Front Row Knowles. Go Knowles! Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Tom Block and Keith Jones with you. Welcome to Front Row Knowles. KJ, good to see you. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yourself? Doing great. We're going to focus more on the diamond than the gridiron today. Sad news, I guess. Uh, Mike Martin's celebration of life will be this Saturday, and we'll reminisce uh, during the show. Uh, obviously, a lot of fans have been reminiscing over the last 10 days, and uh, Kurt Weiler from the Osceola will join us. We'll also, uh, and we'll, we'll get her take on, on her relationship with Eleven as well, but Lonnie Alameda will join us, and fan favorites and, and truly a great representative for Florida State. We talked to her about once a year right as the season gets started, and, and the softball team fires it up this week, and I always look forward to that conversation. And, and by the, the, the recruiting analysis, she's got an unbelievable group of youngsters coming in, uh, and she doesn't mind, as they say, throwing them in the fire. Uh, she makes them grow up very quickly, so we'll see some of them. And then a good blend of, uh, you know, what we call upperclassmen. Uh, and uh, I still haven't figured out whose idea it was to, to start that tournament in Clearwater and how that has really exploded in terms of uh, just, you know, bam, there's softball. And it's all weekend, and it's good softball, great softball with great teams, and it just kicks off the season. It's it's been a fun tournament to watch, and it, it's a good way to introduce yourself to the nation and show whether you're going to be pretty doggone good again, which I'm sure FSU will be. And on the Mike Martin thing, folks probably have seen this uh, in the newspaper, online, wherever you go for uh, for your news. But uh, that ceremony is at 12 o'clock on Saturday. They're asking that fans be in their seats by 11:45. You can park in the circus or the the dope lots. Uh, the only entrance to the stadium that'll be open is uh, by the Haggard Plaza on the first base side. And fans are asked to wear garnet and gold and instructed not to wear a tie. And that was per 11. I think that's absolutely perfect. Um, you know, it kind of goes with baseball, Keith. In, in basketball, for some reason, we've had coaches getting all dressed up to go up and down and sweat on the sideline. But baseball skippers have always worn the uniform, and it's just been a little different than uh, the other sports. It has. It has. And uh, and you, you, you didn't have to worry about trying to figure out. Of course, with football, you've got all the on-the-field assistant coaches and, and they're not identified, you don't know who they are, at least in baseball, you can always find 11 because he's always got 11 on. Exactly right. So that'll be, uh, I guess, 12 to 1, and then uh, Lonnie's softball team plays at 1 on Saturday. And it, it'll be sad, and, uh, you know, the the one thing, it, it'll be sad but happy at the same time, if that makes sense. I, I 
I think the thing I've I've noticed and taken away, Keith, over the last 10 days is just how big the Florida State community is when I see names of folks that I used to interact with when I was doing the radio or, or covering baseball, like a Jake File who's with the Falcons or Justin Slayton who used to do marketing and he's at Alabama and Jason Dennard and who's moved on. Just all these names that, uh, you know, you interacted with over the last, Jeff Parenton, who's an AD now, but used to be the SID for baseball. Uh, it's a big community and, and all were touched by 11. I think what I've been most impressed with is the conversations are about uh, 11 as a person. Uh, we all know about the coaching and the wins uh, and the trips and the consecutive uh, appearances and postseason. Uh, but what I've enjoyed hearing about, learning about, and being reminded of uh, is how well-respected Mike Martin Sr. was as a person, as a man. Uh, and that part is sad that he's gone, uh, but we will celebrate and continue that legacy in everything we do around Dickhauser Stadium. Amen. All right, we'll take a break. Lonnie Alameda is on deck. She'll join us next right here on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Keith Jones and Tom Block with you, and we open up that Earl Bacon HC hotline and say hello to one of our favorites. That is head coach Lonnie Alameda. Coach, how are you doing? It must be softball season. Always great to see you and uh, hear from you. How are things? It is great. It is softball season going through the new new lids. And uh, yeah, we're excited to play. So how does this feeling right now for you compare a few days before the season to back when you played in grade school or high school or travel ball and season was about to start? Well, you know, compare the excitement level for you. Um. I mean, it's hard to compare it because that was so long ago. <laughs> like, I mean, I think like it's just so different nowadays. There's so much pressure on these kids, you know? So I think you've got, we've got some that are anxious, some that are probably really excited, experienced players, right? Really excited, but they know it's a long journey ahead of them. You got some freshmen that this is all they've dreamed about, you know, is playing. They don't know the long journey ahead of them. So it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, just, you know, feeling out like what you need to give them, you know, where I think way back in my day, it was, it was just so different. You know, there was just the social media, the interviews, the, we didn't have any of that stuff. You know, we had pink and blue sweatsuits. Like we didn't, no one even knew much about us, you know, and playing, but you know, here it's, it's such a, it's such a cool, we had a thousand people at fan day. Like it's such a cool celebration of softball and these girls. And so, um, so yeah, you've got some that are a little bit feeling it and some that are really excited for it. And, um, you know, once we get the excitement, uh, you know, of that first game under our belt, then it's just, it's business as we go. Lonnie, you've been here long enough. I can ask this question. What's the difference this year versus your first year in terms of the pressure, the expectation that you feel? Yeah, hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, I was really, you know, as a coaching staff and for me personal, like, how can I grow this game here? How do we get softball better? And so, you know, I was really big on from the inside out. Like if we, if we have a good product on the field and people really enjoy the people that are on the field, like enjoy the, the environment, then we could build this, you know, the whole build it and they'll come kind of thing. And now they're here. And so now it's like, how do you continue to keep this really intimate relationship with amazing fans and amazing people? But, it's 10 times and then protect your players from all the demands that's being of them. And so I've tried to 
try to balance that. Like I want to do everything, but we can't do everything because we want to keep the thing, the thing. And that's being the best softball players we can be and the best students we can be. And so I've, I've just really had to tug at myself because uh, I love people. I love the game. I love to be out there, but you know, there's so much energy you personally have and you've got to like try to maintain that. So that's been the the challenge for me and for this team um, that was different in the beginning. I was just going to ask, is that sort of a message to the team too? keep the thing, the thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it sounds pretty simple, but it's, it's yeah. uh, pretty prophetic too, in terms of succeeding at what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like you don't even really know what the thing is until you get halfway through the season, because so many people are coming at it at different angles, right? Your freshmen are just trying to figure it out. Your seniors are trying to maintain. We as coaches are trying to see what kind of team we have. Then you get to like the end of the February and you're like, all right, this is what we're all about. These ones I need to bring up. These ones I need to calm down a little bit. And now this is the thing. We need to be present and get after it. So it's like uh, we kind of morph into what that is for Team 41. Lonnie, talk about your upperclassmen, not individually, but as a group. They've, they've now been through the program. They, they've seen some things. They've had some disappointments. They said they've had some highs and some lows. How are they doing and how are they preparing the youngsters for this journey? Yeah, I mean, I... um. I think Devin Flaherty has been probably one of uh, our leaders on the field anchoring, but she's, you know, really, really worked hard on her influence off the field too. And, um, you know, it's putting a captain or a leadership sign on someone is just really, it's a challenge because it's just uh, it, the influence side is, is really big. And I think I've challenged Devin, Kaylee Harding, Michaela Edenfield, Allison Royalty. Like I've challenged all of them in their different ways to be able to do that. Kaylee Mudge has always been, you know, this is how I do it, you know, so there's those players that just do it and lead. There's players that are verbal. There's players that can get it done on the field. There's just all kinds of elements of that. And so I think as a coaching staff, we continue to ask, you know, when we need a little more Mudge, we ask for that. We need a little more Devin, we ask for that, you know, and, and try to really pull out the different voices and the leadership that we need. And they, they respond. They're great. They love the program. They want to give to it. Um, sometimes they love it so much. You need to like, don't love, you know, like, go out and play, you know, they, they try to do it so much for so many other people than themselves. And being a little selfish in this game is okay. It's okay. Like you're doing it because you love it. And when you do it for somebody else, you lose you a little bit. And so we try to balance that part, but uh, really, really excited about what the senior class has done. Yeah. It kind of goes back to keep the thing, the thing, you know, yeah. just, just focus <laughs> on this. It must make you feel confident though, when you fill out a lineup and you could pull out a lineup from last year or two years ago or three years ago, and several of the same names yeah. are in it. I mean, that, that's a good place to start. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a little on the offensive side, you know, it's probably more of the offensive side that's coming back with the experience and um, the the comfort, you know, of what's ahead of them. The, the pitching side and the defensive side is the area that's probably going to get challenged for growth a lot more um probably the execution and consistency should come from the offense in the beginning and then the pitching and defense is going to continue to figure out how to grow so um you know Josie Muffley anchored a pretty good shortstop for a while for us and now Issa Torres is over there and Annie Potter's been working over there and you know it's like where do you go what do you do you know and you're back to that beginning stages of bunt defense and coverages and all those things where Josie had that under her belt but same as Kat Sandercock I mean you know just understanding how to manage a game as a pitcher like it took her a while, her freshman and sophomore year to get that, you know, we all see junior and senior year cat, you know, and it was pretty easy for her, but you know, you got some freshmen right now going through that same moment. So those areas of growth are going to happen where I think the execution piece on the offense, you know, should slide right into this, is, you know, we know what we're doing and we know what we need to do. 
Lonnie, I've read at least a couple of people have said this might be the most talented young group of youngsters that you brought in um, on paper and, and by uh, measurement. Uh, they they have a tremendous upside. Is that is that fair? Do you feel that way? Does your staff feel that way? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think for so long, there wasn't really like incoming player rankings, you know, or high school rankings. And that has grown because our game has now grown. And so then you get players that are pretty ranked pretty high coming in and uh, recruiting classes. And so this would probably be one of our highest recruiting classes coming in. Um, but I'll tell you from just being with them every day, they're just they're communal. They love hanging out. They love being around that. They're just a different breed in the sense that they just they smile, they laugh, they enjoy it, they enjoy the game. And that starts to radiate towards the team. So they are talented, but they love being here. And that has what's always been really um, beneficial to us is people that love being in the Garnet Gold and love being here in Tallahassee. And um, so this freshman class is, is definitely just fitting in really well to our values and the way we play the game and the love of it. And uh, yeah, really excited for their athletic growth too, because after you know we get into some games, they're gonna kick in because their smarts is already right there with it. So you're right. Ashton Danley, Issa has been great. Bueno, Angeli Bueno's gotten after it. Jason E. Beecham is just swinging it and playing some third. You got Brown. Like, I think Mimi's been throwing it pretty well. Like, it's just a lot of fun to see them just get after and do their thing. Beecham's a Tallahassee kid. Is that right? She is, yeah. She's a little bit in Alabama, but yeah, definitely had moved down here uh, two, two years ago. I think her family moved down here to be around us a little bit more. So, yeah. But okay. she came to get, we have pictures of her at camp, you know. I'm like sitting with her little jason you know, and then now she's like growing up and she always shows me pictures. And yeah, she's a, she is a doll, boy. She's fun. Coach, one of the great things, in my opinion, about sports, but I wonder if it's not one of the scariest things if you're a coach, is that the only way you get experience is by getting out there and getting experience. And sometimes yep. it doesn't always go the way you want it to when it's the second week of the season, the third week of the season. It takes a long time. And then we say the freshmen are no longer freshmen, right? Well, how does that relate to your pitching staff? Because you've had such a veteran presence out there in Cat Sandercock. And now I know you've got talented arms, but they haven't necessarily been in the big moments. And the only way they can experience that is to, to pitch in the big moments. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean... Allison Royalty, you know, transferred to ASU. She was in big moments there. She's played in games. And so, you know, I mean, we're going to pull from her experiences in the past. They just might have not been with us, you know, this last year. Uh, Emma Wilson, she's pitched at the World Series. You know, she may not have the length of innings and the length of batters, but she's been in moments. So we're going to have to pull from those moments with the two of them. Uh, McKenna Reed, probably the most um, experienced, you know, in a lot of all season long with her freshman year. But still being a sophomore, you know, you don't just put the load on those shoulders right away. We're still growing her and getting her better. Um, so, yeah, so I think we're pulling from some things. There's just names that we don't know here as a fan base. Um, but, you know, I can tell you they're working their tails off. They're hitting their marks. They're they're doing everything possible. Just like you said, Tom, they got to go get it. They got to go get out there, get after it. You know, it's just like getting in the ring and getting in a boxing match. You know, you may get sucker punch, you may get a little bloody lip, but you're going to get back up and get after it. And that's what this pitching staff's all about. They're they're gritty. To coach fess up, what crazy person had this idea that we'll bring in top 10 programs to Clearwater and we'll open up the season uh, with four games on ESPN against people that might you might see again in OKC. Whose crazy idea was that thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why everyone's tuning in. That's why it's crazy. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> tuning into it. Um, 
I, you know, I'm tipping my cap to ESPN and, um, you know, that for their vision to have this kind of like, it's a, like a basketball, you know, they do these tournaments in the beginning of basketball, you know, in Hawaii and these places, they bring great teams in and they just, you know, try to celebrate the game early. And that's what they're doing with softball. They're putting matchups. Here's UGA and Florida state. They were in super regionals matchups, like getting people excited about it early, but we're all going to be different teams in a couple months from now. And so I think we as coaches and teams know that. But everybody wants to see those matchups right now. You know, it's Tennessee and Florida State who's at the World Series. Let's see what they're all about. We know we're different teams at this point. Uh, but this is this is where we want to be, too. I want to be playing this game in the World Series again and how I'm going to get better. So I think it's just the lens you look at it, the perspective you have in it. And, um, you know, we've been circling and talking about a lot of these teams for a long time now. And uh, I, I hope we're toe-to-toe and I hope we're as present as can be. And I don't care about the outcome. I just care about the process because we will be better from it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people want to be undefeated and do all those things. But, like, I want to just be better. I just want to get better and better and better every time we go out. So very grateful that we have these moments. Which I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. I'm thinking back, and I just looked it up to see when your first year was. And your first year was Bobby Bowden's last year here. And, of course, yeah. You, you you followed a legend in, in Dr. Joanne Graff, and now this weekend we're going to celebrate and commemorate Mike Martin, who's another fixture. I mean, those those are three coaches right there. I mean, you you could pick several schools that have never had a coach have that kind of success and that kind of longevity, and that's three in a row there. Uh, you knew you knew them all. Uh, I'm wondering what commonality you see in, in among them in terms of the success they had. Mm, tons of commonality. Um, I think number one is just. Um, such pride in what they do in Florida state. You know, I just, I think that coach Graf comes back here every chance she gets uh, anytime I ask her to meet and talk or help me with fundraising or help me with anything. She is there when, you know, like she is just all in for this place. Uh, anytime I ask coach Martin, you know, 11, can I watch practice? Can I be in scouting meetings? Can I be on things? He was like, come on over, learn, you know, like, and when you get to be around those people, you get to see how they interact with other people. And I think that's what sets the tone for us, you know, as coaches, like, you know, when I saw, I tell the story about Bobby Bowden, you know, we were playing Colorado over in Jacksonville and some of the Colorado Buffalo fans came out here to see Bobby Bowden statue and Doak and rock around Tallahassee, then they go watch the game. And he could have walked out the doors and went a right, but he walked out the doors and took a left and went and said, hi, you know, just, you know, it's so cool for them to meet the legend. They're looking at the statue and they're meeting the person, you know, and it just like, to me, it's just nobody's bigger than any statue, anything, you know, it's the love of the sport and the game and the fans and everything. And um, it's just the, the, the foundation they laid. And we just, I just had Link come over and um, Chip Baker and um, Dane um, because during the memorial service we're playing. So I wanted our team to know, it's funny, we just put the sticker, you know, 11 sticker on our helmet because we're going to play in honor of someone that, you know, absolutely loved Florida State and gave everything to it. But he also valued family and valued growth and valued people. And so to share the stories with our team, again, now the legacy lives on, you know, and that's what this place is all about. So um, I just think there's so many things that tie into the people that thrive in this environment because Tallahassee is such a great people place. You know, Florida State's a great people place. And the byproduct is people playing at a high level for teammates, you know, and softball and baseball and basketball and football become great because of that. So very, very lucky for that. Lonnie, do you ever think about the fact, uh, as a former student athlete, I look at what you are, and I look at your program, um, and I see you as a legend. Mm. Do you care about that? I, I think not. 
but do you think about it occasionally? Um, I mean, I, I guess, you know, you start off, you know, don't really, you don't ever think about that, but then as you get into your career, you know, I can't remember, it was like five years ago, maybe someone, uh, actually it was after the national championship game, someone sent me an email and they congratulations on your career, congratulations in your career. And I kept reading them like, wow, is my career? Like, this is my career. Like, you know, you don't even really think about it. You're just doing your sport and you doing what you love. And then you look up and you're like, I'm like, I'm 20 plus years into this. Like I, this is my, I've chosen this, this is my career, you know? And then you start thinking about like, wow, how have I handled my career and, and what have I done for this game to move it forward? And um, so then like Tom's question, do you think about the people that have impacted you? And so I don't think about the legendary side of it because to me, it's just how you live and how you, how you mold young people because they're the ones that are going to take this game to the next level or be contributors to society because of sport and because of our environment here that allowed them to grow. And so I just truly take pride in that piece, you know, and um, I don't think that's being a coach. I just think I try to be the best version of myself so they can see that and and they can see the genuine person. Like, you know, I, I think that if they can get comfortable in that environment, then great people are going to come out of this program. And um, so, yeah, so I don't know what that even means, Keith, but yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> We may not be the best judges, Lonnie, uh, but I think you made the correct career choice. So yeah. <laughs> on the career success thus far. Yeah. Have, have a great season. We always enjoy this conversation, and, and obviously we enjoy following your team, as does uh, a huge part of this Tallahassee, more than Tallahassee, the Florida State community, the softball community, frankly. I mean, uh, when you guys get out to Oklahoma City, uh, it's not just FSU fans that are rooting for you, you know. So have a great year. Enjoy it. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you guys, and I hope to be talking to you again soon. Sounds good. All right, we'll take a break. More Front Row Knowles right after this. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Insider, as we open up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency ensuring your future together. Kurt, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I enjoyed your uh, interview with Chip Baker. We'll, we'll start with baseball. Obviously, it's still sort of somber times, but I enjoyed your conversation with, with Chip about the passing of 11. And I say somber times. One of the things that it made me appreciate, I already appreciated 11, obviously, and we'll talk about this, but when you looked at the when I looked at the outpouring of comments, whether it's uh, on you know old man Facebook or on X or where, wherever I saw the comments, they were coming from a lot of people that I used to interact with and know over the years, and now they're in new jobs or different places, and it it just kind of spoke to how many different people he touched over the years. I guess is the point I'm making. No, for sure. I think I mean I, we 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 like I, I had a, a relationship with him as well. I mean I was blessed enough to to cover the last number of years of his career to was there in Clemson when he became the winningest coach in college baseball history. But yeah, you're right. There's something about, and I link Jared spoke to it the other day when we interviewed him just about, I mean, how many stories there were of people who met him once. And that one time he did something that made that encounter memorable in their mind kind of years later, it wasn't just, Oh, I got to meet him. It was, Oh, I got to meet him. And he took the time to take a picture of me, even though he's busy or sign something or, you know, do whatever. And he just added, that was Mike Martin through and through. Guys, I was in Wildwood this weekend 
uh, attending a funeral of a, a longtime family friend. And after the services, uh, one of her grandsons came up to me. So he's now 28, 29. He asked me if I knew 11. And he proceeded, and I said yes, of course. And he proceeded to tell me that he went to one of Mike Martin's baseball camps when he was eight years old. And since then, he has been a lifelong Florida State fan. Could not talk enough about the head coach of Florida State University's baseball program with all the kids running around. And Colonel could tell us all about that because Chip ran them all the time. But he remembers specifically that short 20 or 30 second conversation. And it turned him into a lifelong Florida State fan. I remember we talked about this when we got news that uh, he was on hospice a couple of weeks ago, and that was with Bob. You weren't, you weren't on that show, Kurt, but thinking back, Keith, I, I'd have to count up the years, but I don't think I missed a baseball regional for about 25 straight years, starting in spring of 1989 and FSU. It used to be the six team regionals. I can remember going to those. I can remember uh, this isn't so much about 11, except the consistency of it. I remember Frank Thomas coming in with Auburn and he was the biggest human being I've ever seen as he was playing first base. That was like circa 91 ish, maybe, but it used to be just, that's what you did over a Memorial day weekend as you went to a baseball regional. And I guess the point I'm getting to is, and I can remember Mike Martin's post regional press conference every time, which, you know, 75% of the time they were moving on to Omaha during that run. And it was just, uh, and, and even in the latter years, and once you got to the four-team regionals and had a super, he, he still got out to Omaha 17 times in his career. I mean, it's just remarkable, KJ. It really is. And you look at the Florida State football bowl streak, which ended uh, just three or four or five years ago. And it was at, uh, Kurt, help me, was that 26? 36. Pardon me? 36. 36. Yeah. Apologies. 36. And his consecutive postseason run was 40 and oh by the way that was every year he coached I, I don't know what record you can do better than 100 percent every year for 40 years it's was, never going to get touched because i mean like chip baker in my video i did with him put it into i mean a coach is going to have to win would have to coach for 50 years and win 40 games a year for 50 years and then have like i think like 38 or 39 more wins to catch 11 i just i don't see a world where it's ever touched unless they really ramped up the number of games they play, which I, I don't really envision a, a world where that happens. I mean, it. we dealt with it with Bobby a few years ago, dealing with it now with 11. This is the other side of having those legends. But, I mean, you're right. Darn it, Florida State was not blessed to have, I mean, two historic coaches who kind of had unprecedented levels of consistent success and really elevated both those programs from, from not much to where they are now. Well, and – don't forget, I know you didn't cover her, but Dr. Joanne Graff and the softball yep. program. I mean, Florida State was really one of the only programs east of the Mississippi that was relevant for a long period of time. In terms, when I say relevant, I mean competing at the highest level and would get to the Women's College World Series. Now, obviously, that's changed, and, and FSU's 1-1, and the SEC is doggone good in, in softball. But there's a lot of longevity. It's hard for me to fathom that, that Leonard's been here as long as he's been here, but I mean, Dwayne Holtquist has been coaching tennis forever, and Trey Jones is, I mean, it's one coach after another, and I guess, Kurt, I'm just curious on that, you know, we're in the middle of a lawsuit, and Florida State's trying to get to another league because they need more money to support the programs the way they want, and and I agree with that, and I get it, but at the same time, there's, there's a pretty special recipe here when those coaches of all these different sports will stay as long as they've stayed. 
No, a hundred percent. Sue Semrau, another one that you didn't mention. I mean, the list goes on of coaches who have really extended tenures here. I mean, there has been some kind of special sauce for sure. I don't know what it is. And, and it almost feels like, I mean, especially for, for, it depends on the situation, probably less in non-ref sports, although softball feels like one where you want to keep things rolling with Lonnie Alameda. It's probably important to not be in the ACC long-term because I feel like the longer you're in the ACC, the longer the SEC and Big Ten are creating that gap. I know, I mean, a few SEC programs have made a run at Lonnie, and the more that happens, I mean, the, the more it makes you, I mean, not that this was what it was about, but I do think it's relevant. I mean, it that FSU's talked a lot about the importance of the non-rev impact of one, getting in one of those conferences. I do think uh, along with the family atmosphere, uh, what Tallahassee is and what Tallahassee means, uh, most of these coaches came in at a time when they had young children, so you can speak to the Leon County school system. Uh, but I do think we do have to give co- kudos to administration from the standpoint that in these non-revenue sports, Florida State has always had a history of funding them. Now, the coaches always wanted more, and it's appropriately appropriate that they always wanted more. Sue would be frustrated and Cecile would be frustrated and and and, and there would be the the I asked for X and I got something less than X. But at the same time they got a lot more than Y. And that's what everybody else was funding to. And you put that together and obviously with the great talent that FSU can draw and, and the just the the depth of knowledge of the game that all of these coaches were able to impart. It's a pretty remarkable 40, 45, 50 year run for this institution. It really is. And and shame on me for not mentioning Cecile. I called many a volleyball match with her over the years after she retired. Well, let's, we'll get to softball here in a moment, but uh, thought about 11, there's going to be the ceremony this weekend. And, and uh, I don't want to say it's going to be a happy occasion, but I do think it's going to be a special occasion as many people are going to come back. Uh, to pay to pay their respects to Mike Martin. I, I guess going back to the press conference comment, I I will always just remember how classy he was, win or lose, uh, after the regionals, after the super regionals, after I've been to Omaha six times with FSU baseball. After the press conferences out there, I mean, uh, I think that's what will stick, and that uh, that doesn't point to the fact that he was so competitive between the lines, and what you know, uh, which is absolutely true. But that that's what I'm going to remember most. He was always first class to me. No, yeah, I mean, it, uh, uh, to 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 everyone. I mean, it's you're right. I mean, it's it, it was not out of the blue. He was in hospice, like you said, and I think it's been widely kind of known things were going so. But like, it is going to be. I mean, a celebration of life. I think in a way, and there, I think there's something fitting too. I mean, the weekend before the baseball season starts, honoring Mike Martin on the field at the Kaiser Stadium Saturday afternoon. I think there there is something to that. Where I mean, I think. Uh, there will be some sadness for sure, but I think there will also be a lot of great stories because, I mean, he created a lot of them. And, Gert, I think you said it very well. It will be a celebration. and We have reason to celebrate uh, Miss Carol, the kids, the legacy. Um, hats off. It's going to be a fun time. We'll talk more about the current edition of FSU baseball next week. We'll get through the Mike Martin ceremony. But, but Kurt, switching to softball, I know you've been out there and Lonnie Alameda's team is uh, they're firing it up this week again, I guess, in that tournament where they play like 19 top 10 teams. No, it's not that long, but it's a, it's a loaded field again. But, but what about Lonnie's roster? Is it loaded as per usual? I see a lot of familiar names on it. They, they bring back a a lot for sure, especially in the, in the lineup. I mean, you, you lose a, 
a, a Josie Muffley, but I mean, you bring back a Michaela Edenfield, you bring back a Kaylee Harden, you bring back a lot of power, a lot of Kaylee Mudge. A, I mean, there are other, I, mean, I, I can't even rack my brain for all, uh, Janai Kerr, a lot of players that have played a lot. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, I was impressed with some of the freshmen they, they have out there too. I mean, I don't know how much room in the lineup there will be for freshmen. I mean, the one you're really replacing the lineup, I think off the top of my head is Josie Muffley at shortstop. But uh, I think the question about this team, what, what to me determines what this team's ceiling, if this team's ceiling is probably being maybe a top eight seed and, and hosting a super, or if they're able to kind of push Oklahoma again, is replacing Kat Sandercock. And it seems like it's going to be a lot of freshmen doing that. I know they have a few real talented freshmen. I, I really liked Ashton Danley. I mean, she was, I think, the number two overall player in the in the most recent recruiting class. And is a two-way player. Had a had a double in their scrimmage Saturday as well. So I think she's going to be a, a nice impact. But I think that is really the, the question about this team coming into the season. Kurt, is it fair? I mean, my, my casual observation is that this will be a team that will be built with many more underclassmen than maybe have been the case in years prior, i.e. that freshman class, both in terms of numbers and then just the quality of the kids. Uh, I mean, this this is a very highly touted class. It is. I, in the lineup, I would kind of say, I mean, I think they're pretty old in the lineup where, I mean, Devin Flaherty's in the older side. Michaela Edenfield's played a lot of games. Kaylee Harding's played a lot of games. Kaylee Mudge has played. There are a lot of people in the lineup who've played a lot of games. It'll be interesting to see who of those freshmen is kind of talented enough to break their way in there. In the mound, though, definitely. I mean, in the mound, you're looking, I think your main few people are going to be McKenna Reed, pitched a lot last year as a freshman. And is now looked at as, I mean, the most experienced pitcher on your roster, probably with Kat Sandercock gone, and she's only a sophomore. And then I think it is some some freshmen and then Allison Royalty who, who transferred in last year from Arizona State. So uh, uh, especially in terms of innings pitched, it is going to be a, a, almost all underclassmen. I mean, I think Allison Royalty is probably the only upperclassman who's going to throw a good number of innings for you. So, Kurt, I, I don't know what I don't know, but if they're going to be that young inside the circle, is that confidence in the freshmen and the couple of pitchers that are returning or did they try to get somebody in the portal and misfire on a on a more veteran like like Sandercock came in uh haven't already pitched elsewhere if memory serves yeah I think they they hosted a few transfers but like I don't think they were especially I think frankly I think from kind of from the position of of power that Florida State's coming from I mean where they just were where they could very well be back again uh this season I would bet that they could have gotten a transfer pitcher if they really wanted. I think there is some some confidence in the freshman. I mean, I know Lonnie, I remember years ago now, uh, when when Megan King was the older pitcher and Kat Sandercock was the freshman. Lonnie threw Kat Sandercock to the wolves a few times. That's kind of what she does, where she kind of believes in the baptism by fire. I remember that Clearwater tournament they play in every year against just like a, a crazy, crazy schedule of of top ten, top five teams. And Kat Sandercock, I think, started a few games down there and didn't always go well for her. But I think Lonnie kind of believes, I don't care so much about winning those games. I care about you learning the lessons you need to learn, gaining from that experience to help in the long term. Because I think Lonnie really know, is playing the long game with knowing as long as we're a top eight seed, every, our path to OKC goes through Tallahassee, we're, we're, we're in good shape. And guys, I, I'd be interested in your comment. I don't, I don't recall another event uh, that has burst on the scenes and ESPN has embraced like this Clearwater tournament. I mean, it kicks off the softball season and FSU is going to be on the, on the big show four times, I think. 
and in years past they might have paid played one or two teams that supposedly weren't ranked but this year geez are all of them in the top 10 and they're all in prime time and they're all in the big show i mean this this has become a truly must see event uh for the for the women's game well softball is a it does good numbers i mean it, yep. it's a it's a good viewership sport and and you play so many games that you can load up like this i kind of wish baseball did this a little bit there used to be more tournaments i feel like on the college baseball side that, you know, Florida state played in the Superdome one year, like 30 years ago or something like that against LSU and Tulane and baseball. I think um, you might see more of that. Florida state is doing the one this year, baseball, yeah. not to take the conversation there. I think you might see a little more of that for Florida state going forward. Well, I think the, the, for me, the conversation and Kurt, you're a, you're a major league baseball guy. I, I've talked about this before, Keith. And, and uh, you know, I, I was part of the Florida state baseball program for seven years announcing games. And I saw a lot of midweek games that were uh, at Stetson and were 24 to six or whatever, and took three hours and 49 minutes. And I think part of the appeal for softball is that it moves so fast and there's always action. And when I say moves fast, first time I called softball in the nineties, every game was one, nothing. And the games would be an hour and 20 minutes. And now they're two and a half hours because there's so much offense and all that. But my point being Kurt, I interested your take. It, It feels like college baseball needs to tweak some rules a little bit to make it a little more aesthetically pleasing and a little quicker. Well, I do think actually there's going to be a pitch clock at Hauser this year for the first time. So I think they are kind of identified. They saw how good that was for major league baseball. I mean, how it reduced game times and kind of kept things moving. And I think they are taking similar steps. And yeah, I agree because I mean, frankly, I think college softball probably does better TV numbers. I mean, I I enjoy watching college baseball, but I think nationally it has not, caught on of late like college softball and i think it could stand to have that facelift to to catch up you're dead on all right well we got to cut the conversation here but uh kurt we'll see you a lot at the uh at the diamond uh always good to catch up appreciate it guys all righty we'll have more front row knolls right after this Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Appreciate Kurt Weiler joining us as always. I didn't mean to open up a can of worms, Keith. We could we could do whole shows and probably have about how we, we were in charge. This is what we do. So if you were in charge, Keith, what would you do for baseball? Well, I, I obviously would use the, the pitch clock. I didn't think that would work, Tommy. I didn't think professional uh, professional baseball players uh, would pay attention to it. I didn't think the major leagues uh, had enough courage to actually penalize them if they violated it. Uh, but dang it, it didn't work. I'm not a big MLB guy. I don't watch a lot of professional baseball, but I do know that it worked. So that's at least one thing, uh, if not the only thing, that could be done. And if they're doing it, that's great. Well, and there were some other changes too, but, uh, you know, I did that little baseball tour this past summer with my son, Nolan. And so we went to, I don't know, probably five games in four different stadiums or whatever. And uh, the game was noticeably quicker to me. I mean, they were one, some of those games were like 220, 215, sort of the way Major League Baseball used to be when I collected baseball cards in the, in the 80s. And the games were like that and pitchers threw nine innings and we walked uphill both ways in the snow to get there. I just realized I'm sounding like you, Keith, so I'll change this. I got it. I think take take me out on the golf course. I can ruin your game in four holes. I can ruin that game in four holes. It'd be tough to, to make my game worse than it is, but uh, appreciate the offer. Anyway, uh, going to be a, a celebration of life, as we talked about for, for Mike Martin this weekend. And, uh, Keith, what, what do you recall about when you – 
tried out or uh, I don't know if tryout is the right term, but you had a chance to play baseball a little bit. And he, he wouldn't have been the head coach, I guess, when you went out, but he would have been on that staff. Do you recall any interactions way back then? I, I didn't have any interaction. And that was the downside, Tommy. Uh, if, if I hadn't known Coach Martin, uh, I, I would have gone to him and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in trying. Now, by no means am I saying that I would have been any good or I would have had any success. For those that don't know the story, I was just I was a, a free player to them because I was already on football scholarship and and they had a I had a freshman coming in, as many have heard me say, that they didn't know if he could hit left-handed pitching. I hit from the right side. I'd play right field. I might play a little bit. I might play halfway through the year a little bit in a platoon. But, you know, if that Ledbetter kid couldn't get any better, I guess I would have started over him, right? So my, my baseball career would have been very short-lived is what I'm saying. But I didn't know Mike. Uh, and as a result, um, it, I, I, it didn't get pursued. Uh, I, I feel very blessed. You know, I think any of us that have been in broadcasting and have been around coaches, you know, if you're doing a game and they're expecting you, they're going to remember you and call your name. But if you run into somebody out of the context of doing a game and they remember you, um, that speaks to them. And every time I saw Mike Martin over 30 years, 35 years, however long I was doing bits and pieces of baseball, he would go out of his way to say hello to me, call me by name, made me feel uh, special, as crazy as that sounds. And um, he was consistent in that. I saw him do it with others. Uh, just a remarkable, remarkable man. That's well said. That's how he made everybody feel. And uh, I'll, I'll say this. I think he squeezed every every ounce of uh, baseball coaching, not just baseball coaching, because that sells him short as a human being. Uh, he, he got the most out of his life, though. And so uh, – I know it's it's not new news at this point, but the the celebration of life will will bring things to a head, I guess, this weekend. And we continue to think about the family, and we'll we'll turn the page on this and get the baseball between the lines next week. But uh, Keith, have a good week. I will uh, catch up with you next week. Appreciate you, Tommy. Thank you. Thanks everybody for tuning in. This is Front Row Knowles.